The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I'm the host for this podcast. My husband, Steve Siegel, is the producer of the podcast. Just a reminder to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you would be so kind as to give us a five-star rating, then when people are in the dire straits of addiction or they have loved ones and they don't know what to do, they will find our podcast and they will find resources to reach out to. Also, please check out our YouTube channel. Please subscribe and ring the bell so you get notified when new videos go up. And once again, give our videos a thumbs up so that people will find us when they need help. Now, today's interview is an interview with a gentleman named Jared Callahan. Jared Callahan is an award-winning Emmy-nominated director and producer. He founded and runs People People Media, a production company based on a 95-acre farm in the San Francisco East Bay that specializes in personal and unique stories that help amplify voices and increase empathy. His work has been released through the New York Times, PBS, GQ Magazine, The Atlantic, Alter, No Budge, Short of the Week, and Vimeo Staff Picks. He's had projects premiere at the best film festivals in the world, including Sundance, SXSW, Tribeca, Austin, Nashville, Palm Springs, Aspen, DOC, NYC, and more. Jared served as one of the Atlanta Film Society's filmmakers in residence and produced The Driver is Red, which played over 100 festivals, won 43 awards, and qualified for the 2019 Academy Award in two categories. He has directed three feature documentary films, including Clean Slate. Clean Slate. Jared Callahan, thank you so much for being willing to tell us all about what you've been doing, and it's all in the field of addiction and the field of recovery, and I'm super excited to talk to you. Oh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. So, you you know, I asked you, do you have your own history of addiction? And you don't, um, but you you do have people that you've known. Um and that's just a comment, but tell us how you, this project and tell us how you got into it and what spurred you to do it and all about it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my, I, my paternal grandfather was an abusive alcoholic. And I feel like before I even understood what alcohol was, my story was shaped by this was in our family and this shaped our family and this is what we don't do. So as this, uh, subject has touched so many people it comes into my family in other ways and we're close and i'm just aware of the journey and then i was at the atlanta film festival with another feature documentary in 2016 and i spoke on a panel of how to tell your story and how to make a movie and afterwards two guys approached me with hey we've got a movie for you and those pitches never go well you always say i'm booked thank you but <laughs> one of them was cassidy who ended up being the one of the leads of this movie we went to coffee, spent two and a half hours together, and he said, come out and see the residential recovery facility where I live. And I went thinking I was going to spend an hour and just get a tour. And I was there for six and a half hours. And wow. Saw multiple locations and the businesses they were running to get job training for people. And it ended with, we've got three people who live here that want to start making movies and telling our story. And now you're touching the heart of why I exist on the planet. 
and uh, realized they had incredible stories to tell. And so I started mentoring them, working with them. And then a year later, when I realized they wanted to make a short film about their own stories, that as uh, Josh, the other co-lead of the film says, and I think we put it in the trailer, making movies is hard enough, but making movies in, in recovery is impossible. And it's the melding of two really volatile worlds together and trying to do them together is just insurmountable. And I realized that maybe the real story wouldn't just be the short film that they make about themselves and their own trauma, but it's about the process of them trying to make the film. I think that's huge. And I, and I did watch it. So I, I definitely got some of that. You know, it's interesting um, that, you know, Steve and I don't have our own history with addiction either, but we have a marketing background and we figured we could use that marketing background to help in this area because it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you're connected to. We all have to take responsibility for this situation that is today in our country with, with addiction. And so you took what you're good at filmmaking and there you go. Yeah, we, I think we, we, we've met so many people and spent, I mean, I think we're going on six years, five plus six years of making this movie wow. that we are in, embedded in some communities. And I think we came up with the phrases, everybody's in recovery themselves uh, or know someone who is or know someone who should be. Yeah. Because the way that now these things are pervasive uh, with Cassidy and Josh, I think what makes this movie special is as we showed it to groups of people who are in recovery while we were test screening the film, so many of them said media has just been Hollywoodized. Like you, you're only getting one shade of the world of addiction and on the road of recovery. And this movie shows the mental health side, the true ups and downs, and the people that we spent a long time with. It's a lot of men. It was a, a, a men's re residential recovery facility. They would laugh harder than any group of people I've ever been with. It's just so close to who they are is this deep laughter. But at the same time, like a pendulum, they could cry faster than anyone I've ever met. And they would say things that are funny, but also things that are incredibly raw and true. And I think it's this practiced community of we, in order to be in this place, something didn't go as planned. It didn't go as you thought it was going to go. And there's this vulnerability that's required in order to have a genuine experience at this recovery facility. And people wouldn't. People would shine it on or try and get away with not. And those are the people who would keep coming back because they either needed it to survive or were court mandated was a, a lot of the dynamic at this facility that we were at. But it's a really special community. And this film, the way that Josh and Cassidy are so honest with their journey, it's really resonating with the people uh, that have seen the film so far. That's awesome. So you said it, it's taken like six years to put it together? Yeah, <laughs> going on. Yeah, I'm so excited that uh, in December, the film came out to a limited theatrical run and is now on all of the common places where you could buy content online. So I'm excited that it's out in big ways uh, now. Okay. And what did this do for the fellows in recovery that you worked with? Like, are they going to move forward and do more of this type of project? Because what uh, you don't have to say the address, but where was this facility located? We were in Georgia. Georgia. And, uh, it's a great question about the two. So many people finished the movie and asked, what's going on with Josh and Cassidy? 
I think the way I'm coming to understand recovery, and it's so different for so many people, as you've had years of people here and you know countless people who call in or contact you, is I, I'm learning that it's not one pipeline towards health, that it's like a, a spoke on a wagon wheel and you're the middle. And so you need a community that supports you. You need a mentor. You need someone to mentor. You need mental health help. You need probably maybe some sort of um, prescription like balance prescription, like it's, it's, you need to move your body, right? It's all of the different guests that you've had say different things. What I'm learning is for so many people, creativity is a spoke on the wheel and it's a big one and a space to process your own stories, a space to share them, a space to talk with other people that have similar experiences and, or as we've seen with the, the people who are seeing this movie, didn't know they needed to hear these stories or see them in a very real way where at one point, um, Cassie just can't get a job because it was six years ago DUI and just looks so dejected and just is like, well, I would be using if I didn't have this camera to be taking these photos and telling the story. Yeah, Cassie and, was the one that was trying to get a job cleaning toilets, right, at a studio? Oh it's so, yeah, it's, it's heartbreaking. And it's, they won't hire him? It, I mean, no, no, what is wrong with that? Well, as you know, I'm sure you've discussed the systems and what it means. I think sometimes my target audience for this movie, all my movies are me. I want to shape and grow. I ask people who they are that are different than me, right? And so I'm asking people older and younger and different uh, genders and sexual orientations and political spectrums. I want to learn about the experience of others. But I also make it for people like my mom. She's the kind-hearted 65-year-old church-going person. And if you'd ask my mom with someone who struggles with their mental health or has a felony uh, or has an addic addiction, uh, what are they like? My mom could fill in for you based on bits of uh, information, based on whatever her news flavor of uh, choice is, um, of what that means. And it's not complete. And But if you show my mom this movie and you say, get to know Josh and Cassidy, would you hang out with them? Yes. Would you hire them? Yes. Would you? And then you say, but they have felonies. They've spent time in prison. And you can see empathy growing. You can see hope entering a place that was hopeless. You can see support coming from places that it was never given before. Sometimes the hardest thing about getting someone into recovery is getting them to agree to treatment. Bobby Newman, a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 866-989-4499 today and say the word podcast to get a 10% discount or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. And I think that's why telling our stories is so important, especially for people on the road of recovery. I think you're right. You know, over and over again, when, when we have people on the podcast in recovery or with a loved one in recovery, you know, they bring, they bring up the point, we have to end the stigma. You know, I will be honest, when we started this podcast, and we're in our seventh year of podcasting, when we started, I did kind of sort of have the viewpoint that the heroin addict was the ho dirty homeless guy under the bridge. I, I don't know that if you'd ask me, I might have thought, Gee, I'm not really sure, but that was in the back of my mind. And having done all of these interviews, I, it's so it's so not the case, you know. It's the it's the kid who does well, apparently does well at school, and has no issues at home. It's 
it's the it's the mom who has money and children and a life and a husband and she's abusing alcohol or abusing pills or it's it's and what your film does is what we try and do when people tell us stories that we have to overcome the stigma and people have to realize you know it you know like when a homeless guy's on the street corner asking you for money you can ignore it okay i'll tell you i don't typically give them money but this is not the kind of thing you can ignore. It is everywhere. It is affecting everyone. And so, like you say, when you watch this film and you see Josh and you see Cassidy and you go, wow, wouldn't even hire this guy to clean toilets. I would hire him. <laughs> right. Hello. He's not looking for a management job. Oh, my goodness. They... Uh, I think one of the stories that I, that has shaped me the most is we are test screening the film. And as part of the process, when you finish your film to show it to people who might enjoy it and say, what did you think? Where did it bore you? Where did it resonate with you? And we've gotten different answers and it really shaped the film because we wanted to be like the most capital T true to the experience, even if it's only two people's actual experience. But uh, a woman uh, in her probably early retirement came up to us after we showed it and was kind of crying. And she said, uh, my brother struggles with this stuff and I've never seen what's going on in his head. And I've realized that even though my family and I haven't talked to him for the last 10 years, that I need to forgive my brother and I need to show this movie to my parents because I think it'll, recon re it'll reconcile our family. And I was just kind of started crying and went, so you liked it? Like, what's yeah. the... Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, can you tell a story like this? I think we're trying to show a picture of sobriety. It's the reality of the journey that shows people that it's worth it because it's so cyclical, it's not, a, it's not, recovery isn't linear, it's right. a all over the board, three steps forward, 80 steps back, and you just redo things again and again, and I think an encouragement to people on the journey to say, you're not alone, you're in the right place now, like you are, you are good enough, you are doing it, is a right. message I got strong through Cassidy and Josh, but then also for people who, a lot of times someone will share, I saw it, you see me, but it's their partner, their family member that's sitting next to them that's giving me the eyes that says, oh, you saw me. And right. I think that the support community has been uh, something I did not expect that the film would resonate so deeply with. And I am so proud of these guys for sharing and for the film that we made. That it does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Was there something that you would say you learned that you didn't know prior to doing this film? Yeah, uh, <laughs> the way that the film got finished meant that uh, it took so long to finish because we were so embedded in the recovery community. And people that were supposed to hold the weight of finishing a film uh, relapsed out and left not only the film, but the program. Mm. And one of them uh, meant to come stay with us. We lived at a 95-acre art farm in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we... Uh, have goats and chickens and care for the land and it was great and they were supposed to stay for three weeks and that was in March of the pandemic and they got stuck with us for a year. Wow. So what was a make a film about subject collaborators where you have some distance by holding the camera they lived with us and I ended up in an unhealthy way becoming uh, an aid to what I then discovered was them using and hiding it from us because I was trying to be their social worker. I jumped in and tried to find a car and a job and stable housing and medication and doctor appointments. And I was an enabler. Right. Um, and it took a year of having all my camera equipment stolen and sold for drugs. Oh, my goodness. Oh, uh, it was quite a year. Um, oh, my goodness. Especially when that was the journey. But what it did for me is, yeah, what I learned, it added the empathy of living it. 
that's not just making a movie and that's five years of your life and we, we connected a lot to a thing and to people, but it ended up being, I've done the trips. I've sat in the waiting room. I've sat and talked to doctors. I've had different stories told to different places and realized that when I'm talking to Cassidy, I'm not just talking to the wonderful human, I'm talking to the addiction that also controls him. And I've learned that sometimes it's him talking to me and sometimes it's not him giving me the answers, it's the addiction being the words through his mouth. And I think that gave me both the incredible soft heart empathy to stay in this world and also boundaries and learning what it means to, as these guys both tell the story of their family that had to cut them off to show tough love so they could finally realize they were hitting a rock bottom and get sober for themselves and not just shine on and go mad, go guilt, go what are all the emotions they could throw at you and then me to get what they needed, which was that day a, a fix, you know, yep. you know, like you just, he just, nothing was going to stop him from getting that. And I was also then pulverized in the process. So working on the film gave me more than just the outcome of the film. But I think that experience, we we're still editing the film at the time. I think you can feel that in the way that this film got made that feels so different than so many other pieces of media that deal with. Wow. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, when you say living with us, you're married, you have children? Yeah, I, I do. Oh, okay. I have a partner and two kids, but we okay. lived at a farm that hosted um, artists in residence and people could come live for a year or three weeks, three months. And so I think at the time we probably had 12 people that all lived at a large farmhouse on a 95 acre property uh, which is a, a great life to live with artists. It's really good. You need okay. to be alone, and you also need people to to cheer you on and encourage you while you do work. It's a good. Well, that's that's awesome, awesome. Yeah. But then you had to add in some people in recovery just because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, well, that's what you learn when you work with anybody. But people uh, in art, especially, there's mental health struggles and some uh, substance struggles, and yeah. that's always there. So whether someone is yet realizing and needing uh, to live a life. Uh, of sobriety. I think those issues, like you said, are uh, in many places at many times, in many different stages for those people. So yep. you are listening to the addiction podcast point of no return. For more information on the podcast, or to reach out, if you have a story you would like to share with us, go to our Facebook page by the same name, or you can email us at the addiction podcast at yahoo.com. Or go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or call us at 727-314-7080. And please remember to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. Um, yeah, this is not, not new to me, but new at the depth as this project brought it, for sure. Interesting. Wow. So tell us the name of the film and where people can find it. Yeah, the name of the movie is Clean Slate. Uh, I know you can buy it and rent it on Vimeo, Google, YouTube, uh, Amazon. Amazon Prime is a great place to be. It's going to be on Canopy, so you can watch it for free soon. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell everybody that. It's the Oops. place where when you have a library card, you can get access to it. It's Canopy with a K. It's not on there yet. I checked last night. But, um, yeah, it's all the places where if you want to watch it now, it's probably two ninety nine to rent somewhere. But really, watch it. And then it's not just post about it or whatever people say that. It's just tell one person who's the person that either needs to see you in a different way or has a family member that they need the encouragement. Uh, Clean Slate is a special uh, special thing to watch. Very, very good point. And what's next for you? What are you working on? 
Um, I am still hosting artists at uh, Heirloom East Bay, it's the name of the farm. So I, I we're hosting a writer's retreat in March where writers come and work together and encourage, but also then uh, get to care for it, feed the chickens, which is great. We are making a narrative film. Uh, it's about a two-hander. It's about a woman with Alzheimer's and her young caretaker who's trying to figure out his place in the world and how much they both need each other. So right now we're just touching our toe into the world of Alzheimer's uh, care and living with Alzheimer's. And wow, already it's shaping me and it's quite quite a life. So I was going to say I, another I, I, major I, issue that yeah, we're facing yeah, yeah. in this country. Take a smaller um, bite, uh, a bite that maybe you can chew. We need to learn, but. We get one life and these are the stories that are important to tell and we're trying to do the same thing as we did for recovery is what are the ways that that's just used as a plot device in movies and yeah. how do you and flesh it in a way that humanizes everybody who's involved with the world. So, yep. Yeah. I, I think you might want to do an animated film about unicorns next. I'm just <laughs> saying, Jared. I'm, I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll probably tell a, a trauma story of how a unicorn has been ostracized because they're horn and they don't know their place. <laughs> no. Anyway, I make light, but I, I really appreciate the work you did on this film. And I think, you know, I, I would urge our viewers and listeners to find the movie Clean Slate by Jared Callahan and watch it because it's very educational. And I think that it will give you more of an understanding and a perspective of what people go through in recovery. We have people on all the time who talk about it, but this is just a little bit more actually seeing it and seeing what it's like. Jared, thank you for talking to us today and thank you for making this film. I think it, I think it's huge. My pleasure. Thanks for the work you do and the conversations you have. It's, it's, we're doing the same thing. You got to talk about it. People got to see it. And this is uh, one step in the right direction of health for sure. Absolutely. Thank you. So once again, that was Jared Callahan and the film is Clean Slate. And it really does follow these men in recovery and will give you more of an idea of what people go through. Because, you know, uh, once again, I know it's very easy for those of us who have never been addicted to say, ah, just stop and don't go back. And it's easy. It's not easy. It's never easy. And um, yeah. So watch Clean Slate. We'll come back again with another interview. And hopefully we can interview one of the people in the film. We're looking forward to that. We'll be back again. You have been listening to The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, reach out to us on Facebook or go to www.theaddictionpodcast.com. Our email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com.